right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris. Number two episode of the podcast, Sims and Lefko on video. Number two episode or episode number two? Don't question me. You're reading the New York Post. You're getting information? Uh, Beyonce looks really good in a bathing suit. She does look really good. <laughs> yeah. Sims and Lefko episode two. What? We got Josh Fendrick in studio, and he looks really good. What episode number is this overall? This, this is Fendrick? episode 30 overall, video episode number two. So I'm kind of having some trouble deciding what we call it. Is it episode 30 or episode it's two? It's 30. I'm episode 30. 30 I'm video I mean, it's the freaking podcast. I mean, geez. We talk- <laughs> I am proud that we've reached episode 30. If you didn't get a chance to watch us last week, let me show you around the digs really quick. Can we go up to camera four, please? Let's get a wide shot of this studio. Look at this, Chris. Put it's down, pretty awesome. Put down your pretty paper. Pretty awesome. It's awesome, right? It really is. You hated the podcast. I, I hated the podcast forever. I actually am starting to like it. You want to know how detailed we are now? What? Take a look inside of our control room. Oh, baby. Well, everybody wave in uh, there. Give me some hoot and holler. Look man, at this. Man, look at I saw you Stein Metz way back there. I saw you. <laughs> All right, so we are, we are super pumped. I am more pumped than ever because now we're actually talking. About football. Yeah, definitely. We spent, how long did we talk about leading up to the season? Oh, stories Who's going to be the superstars, the big bust, the lockdowns, this? Oh, yeah. Man. No, it's good to but talk about But we saw ball. action, and it was crazy to me. Right. Um, first, it was, what we're going to do today, of course, we're going to break down week one. We're going to get to that. Uh, we are going to have our own weekly podcast awards, and it's going to focus on the guys that no one talks about. Shed some love to the get fat dudes, yeah. to the young studs, right. and to the coordinators who never get loves. Of course, then we're going to do On the Down Low with Steven Nelson right. with that beautiful, beautiful voice. And then we're going to end it uh, with picking games. I'm just so glad because, first of all, all you people who saw episode one of the 29. video, 29, the Eric Dickerson podcast, 29, uh, but... Uh, we ruined the first podcast because we taped the last 15 minutes of it. And it really upset you. I, I hated it. So if you want to go back and look at episode 29, I put no effort into the so last my minutes. Mom, I'm not an actor. I want to do this legit and live. So this one will be legit and live. We didn't screw it up this my time. My mom calls me, and of course she Not gave you, me, Fendrick. She yeah, gave thanks, me bullet point notes. <laughs> right. And she goes, uh, you know, Chris seemed a little upset there at the end. And I said, let me explain this to you. Good. So yeah, she's, she knows me by now. She's reading you. I like, I like Mama Lefko. Uh, Producer Fendrick, you good? Yeah, I'm great. I'm just thinking I want to get your parents in here uh, for a guest appearance at my, one point. My yeah. dad wants to do, like, he wants to be a host. Oh, I would love to have you. I, I've yet to meet. Papa Lefko? Yeah, or Mama Bruce Lefko. Bruce the Moose? Right. Maybe, yeah, Karen maybe Sharon. the week leading Dirty up to Giants, like to meet Cowboys, them. number two, we right. bring in the Lefko parents. Oh, I would uh, love that. Yeah, they'll, they'll call yeah. off work and they'll come up here because they got nothing else to do. This is fantastic. <laughs> at 1.30 on Wednesday, they can come by. Yeah, they right. got nothing to do. Um, we are going guestless today right. for a good reason. So much stuff to get to. But week one, we saw some stunners. Bills blast the Colts. Right. Rams knock off the uh, the Seahawks, which right. is great. I mean, the Chiefs go out there and score 27 points in the first half. But what's funny is everyone keeps saying is, remember last year. Right. Tennessee beat up the Chiefs. Sure. You went out there. I was like, oh, they look good. They yes, looked really good. Yes. Uh, Cordaro Patterson looked amazing in week one, didn't right. do anything else. Why is it that teams can look so good in week one or we can see something sure. and then all of a sudden it changes in week two? The two reasons I'll give you. First of all, preseason, a lot of teams played very close to the vest. So you can get into week one, there's a lot of unknown, especially not only about uh, really schematics unknown as far as 
Uh, offensive coordinators keep it very simple in the preseason. They sure. show just their base base plays, like the plays they only put in, put in the first few days of training camp. And are coaches like looking off the preseason? They're not expecting any of they're, it. They're looking at the preseason. They're looking at years before. Even if it's a new coach, they're looking at their old team. Right, they're right. trying to get, gather as much information as well. But coaches do adjust as well. They new year, they add things to their repertoire as sure. well. And then I think another reason too. You know, you see the really good cro- coaches, the, the cream rises to the top. And as you play more games, that's why Bill Belichick and New England are phenomenal. Because as you play more games and they have more visual mm. evidence and they can break you down just more and more as the year goes along, then they can start to find out tendencies. Oh, when they get in this little bunch package here to this side, right. they like to do these five plays. So we can start to tailor our defense to that and have the so checks. Then, you so have like, wire problems here? Yeah, man, I'm trying to take this thing yeah. off my head. It's all over the place. Yep. Um, but like, I like your hoodie, though. I mean, it's only 90 out, but good job. Thank yeah. you, bro. It's yeah. cold in the studio. <laughs> but like, Patriots, to me, are a perfect example. Last year, game one, get dominated by the Dolphins. Right. To the point where it, it took us five weeks to get over it. Yes. That's how much they were dominated. Right. So you're saying the good – but what about the good coaches that are ready for week one? Yeah, well, even though the, even they're good coaches, I mean, Bill Belichick was probably ready for week one, but Miami last year and whatever like else. Chip Kelly got things. outcoached in the first half this year, and then the second half against the Falcons turned it around. I, so what happened in the first half for a coach yeah, that's I don't, supposedly I don't great? think Chip Kelly got outcoached at any point during the game. Now, I think, really? No, I really don't. I think I look at it more like – the, the Atlanta Falcons defense, they're at home. They're revved up. It's a new team. It's a its a new coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, just the emotions of the game. you got Sam Bradford who hasn't played in a regular season game in forever. Uh, the, the offensive linemen, there is a, a such a difference in intensity level between preseason wow. and the regular season. It's just it's crazy. That's why you that. hear guys like Leonard Williams for the Jets. He's talked about how he was not in shape. Because yeah. he probably got in preseason game number three and was like, oh, oh I, I feel great, great. great. No. But it's crazy to me that professional athletes can be taken aback. We assume that there are these stoic figures that are ready for any situation. Yeah, well, I think it's the young guys that get caught by surprise. That's gotcha. the first, the second-year guys. Uh, they they forget that, uh, you know, the 10-year veteran, he's not worried about putting it all on the line in preseason yeah. game number two. So that's where it really changes. And then, of course, the coaches put it all on the line as the season goes as well. You saw a team with a lot of young guys – Get very taken aback. They did. So you called, Chris called Bengals Raiders game one. You were in Oakland to call the game. Right. And, uh, they got what do you do as a commentator <laughs> when a team is losing 24 to nothing at halftime? How do you keep, like, what do you talk about? Yeah, well, a good thing is I pay attention to the whole league because of this job of Bleacher Report. So we got to talk about some broad topics, which I enjoyed. Yes. And then you actually. It was like a baseball game. It was. It was a lot like a baseball <laughs> game. And I was with Tom McCarthy, who calls the Phillies yes. baseball games. He's a great guy. He is good. Uh, but the big thing is. I don't necessarily – I, of course, want a good game because that makes it fun. But when it's when it's a little like that, you can dive into maybe some personal stories of players. Right. You can get a little bit more personal about uh, their strengths and weaknesses as players. But, hey, winning is an art form. You have to learn to win in the NFL. Mm. And people sometimes go, well, what do you mean? They're professional athletes. What do you mean they got to learn to win? There's some New England's not just lucky every week. Uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens. They they win because they've learned how to be detailed throughout a four so quarter game. About culture exactly physically tough. I was mentally very tough disappointed through. with the Raiders. Yeah, it was a tough it was a tough loss. We I think we all underestimated Cincinnati a little bit. Even when I got I interviewed the Raiders on Friday. Yeah. We go to practice. The Raiders are going to be a different team. I still am not falling away sure. from that. They they have the talent level. They got everything going in the right direction. But then we got to. 
the Cincinnati Bengals hotel on Saturday. Okay. And you just you start to see some of the players, and you start to go, man, there's a reason they've been to the playoffs the last four they're years enormous. in a row. They, they're, they're enormous. They got A.J. Green, Jeremy yeah. Hill, Giovanni Bernard. You know, I've been critical of Andy Dalton, but he's still been in the playoffs four years he's in a still, row. It's better to have a 16th overall quarterback than the right. 26th so, overall quarterback. And they battle-tested. Even yeah. though they don't win playoff games, they play in maybe the toughest division in, in the NFL. And their the O-line North. and D-line are big. Are which, legit, yeah. yeah. So right. I started to look at it, and I was like, you know, Maybe I thought the game was going to be really close, and I was like, oh, maybe the Raiders can pull it out. Yeah. But as the game got closer and closer, I said, well, the Raiders are going to have to really play awesome to win it. You know what's funny I've thought about? Yeah. Um, the Alden Smith thing happens right. midweek. You're there for it. I'm like a magnet to Alden. So here's what's funny about um, media. Right. Is everyone says there's an East Coast bias, and people from the East Coast go, no, 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 we cover it. If Alden Smith went from the Giants to the Jets, right. We would, it would be on ESPN. It'd be freaking out. Yes. It was as if it never happened. It was under the radar. I don't get it either. There is an East Coast bias, and I'm somebody that's from here in the East Coast. I notice it when I'm out there. Yeah. They do not, on the West Coast, get enough respect for the passionate fans they uh, are. Alden Smith is a top 10 outside pass rusher talent. Definitely. What was it like out there when that happened? Because What was it, like a regular Friday? It was a regular Friday, so the practice is not full intensity. That's really just helmets, shorts, jerseys. Uh, and they were super excited. I mean, as soon as you walk on the field, I saw 99. I was like, man, is that Alden Smith because he wore 99? You didn't know up until uh, that point? I knew, I knew he was there, but I wasn't sure if he was going to be in practice yet. So I walked out there, and he was right there in front of me. And I was like, oh, is He's that Alden? Yeah. yeah, and then, of course, he is enormous. And you just right away get excited as a football fan to go, Khalil Mack, who oh. is just a Mack truck. Khalil, Khalil Mack. Yeah, I heard you saying he, that. He told me that his name is Khalil, and when Khalil Mack says, call him Khalil, you listen, because <laughs> his arms and his thighs size and his legs. butt are, are unbelievable. He's such a powerhouse. But yeah, the 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 I think the potential of him and Alden Smith on both it's sides. unbelievable. Yeah, now Alden's going to have to get That's in shape. That's a J.J. J. Davian right and, there. And, you know, I think the big thing with Alden Smith, we were there in San Francisco the day he got released from that the 49ers, ridiculous. which is crazy. So now, yeah, I'm back there in the Bay Area. He gets signed by them. And the cool thing is, you know, I know a lot of 49ers players. I know some Oakland Raiders players. I know people on both coaching staffs. Nobody says bad things about Alden Smith as a person. Immature, maybe, made some stupid mistakes, but nobody sees malice in the guy. I don't think anybody right. like, looks at him and goes, oh, he's a bad guy. Um, Do you think they have the structure there to let him be successful? I think they is have the, Jack Del Rio the right guy for they that? They have everything you want there in Oakland. And I, I, when they said that, made the statement, we think we have the support system. They came out and kind of said that for yeah. Alden Smith. Jack Del Rio, Ken Norton Jr. Perfect. Right? Okay. And then just get to the players. Charles Woodson. Yes. Justin Tuck. That's four guys Super right leaders. off the bat. Exactly right. And then you have Khalil Mack Mac, right. who can challenge them as another young player. Exactly right. So, so it's Chris, really. When I, when I hear the word support system, I kind of feel like that's just like a buzzword that gets thrown around for troubled players. Yeah, no. What does the term support system mean? How will they support him? Yeah, well, I, I think guys like Charles Woodson, Justin Tuck will take a little extra notice. You know, the locker room yeah, is a Woodson little bit. Woodson said, I'm not going to be a babysitter. Yeah, he's not going to be, be a babysitter. 24 hours a day. No, but it's a, it is a brotherhood once you're in the locker room, especially the defensive side of the ball they are it's like almost their own team within the team and yeah I do think they're gonna take uh you know hey Alden we're gonna go to the bar and have a beer you want to come and just hang out or we're gonna go get some wings yeah maybe to the beer okay bad example (laughs) we're gonna go get some wings we're gonna go you know to Chili's whatever it is uh and he's a part of I love Chili's wings that's why I went there uh (laughs) but that uh yes that support system and then 
to know that a guy like Jack Del Rio, who's mm. been in the NFL as a player, yes. as a coach, Ken Norton Jr., same thing, mm -hmm. that's comforting to a guy like Alden Smith to know, you know what, I got some questions about my personal life, my player life. Can I go in and just talk to, to these, these guys people. like people? Right, and I think you can do that. Jack Del Rio is a great guy, so impressive in person yeah. and relatable. And I, I really think Oakland is going in the right direction. One thing that also happened in that game, right. it was the kind of alarming video of watching Adam Pac-Man Jones yeah, you could smashing call him Pac -Man. Amari, smashing I mean, Amari Cooper's Pac -Man on his own Twitter. helmet, into, head into the helmet. Uh, fined $35,000. Wow, was it 35000 Yeah, what do you think of that? Whoa, that's a lot of money. Holy cow. The fine system, you know, the, the, this is a, a career, this is an emotional game. It's a physical game. Chris, he Could, took someone's I, head and smashed it I understand, it into I understand. Yeah, maybe he should have been kicked out of the game. I'm just so sick of seeing guys lose money. Uh, I just really am. I think that's what bothers me because it's, you're such a short career in the NFL there, so many of these guys are already supporting family members, whatever else it may be. I mean, my own father, uh, he supported his whole family in Kentucky through his 15-year career. He still helps a lot of them out. So, so then what do you recommend? Because hitting a player in the pocketbook yeah, or in I their think wallet. You, I, then I think I would rather them see them hit them. Hit him with, he doesn't get to play on the field. That's going to hurt him But then they also lose much. a game check? Well, I, I hope they could find some system out to stop taking everybody's money away. I'm just saying, the NFL makes enough money. Stop taking the players' money away. We don't find the NFL every time. They mess stuff up, and they mess stuff up all the time. Yeah, I just think from the common fan I perspective. I know. Listen, I said in during the game, he's lucky he didn't kick, get kicked out. I did say that. Yeah, I, I really believe like, he didn't. I really like Pac-Man. I, sure. I know Pac-Man. We got some crossover. You, you like the tough dudes. Well, I, I like guys with edge. If I was a head coach, I want a few Pac-Mans on my team. That's yeah. just a simple uh, uh, you know, fact of nature. Our Twitter account is at Sims and Lefko, and I know that we actually have a question about Pac-Man, so I'm going to let cool. the, uh, the yeah, man Beijing. in the back. Bajan at 007 Sports, who's been a podcast staple since the yeah. podcast yeah. all-star. Podcast all-star. He's been tweeting up a storm. Right. Uh, he tweeted in, should Pac-Man Jones have been suspended, which he kind of already addressed. Right. And then he said, would it have been different if it was a superstar like Julio Jones? Who he smashed his head yes. in. Yes. Ooh. Well, Amari Cooper is getting close budding to that. Superstar. He's a budding superstar. No, I don't think so. I, I really think the refs... Uh, I think they realized, listen, this is the start of the NFL season. Mm. Emotions are running high. Uh, this is the first time, like I said, that, that really it's just all out. I mean, it's, let's, it's kill each other. Right. The preseason is not like that. Preseason is like, let's play football, but let's not get hurt. Yeah. Now it's like there's no regard. Let's just be heat-seeking missiles. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly liked it. Now, I'm old school, you know. I don't. I look at Indomitian Sue, what he did with like. Well, that was that was not his fault. The guy put his head there. He, he was right the, there, and yeah, yeah Indomitian wasn't going to move out of the way. That's I what I love about him. But I like that kind of do stuff. Do you do you enjoy doing the color commentary? I mean, your dad is like more known for that sometimes. I feel like than actually playing. Yeah, I think he is now. Yes. What uh, do you What do you think of the whole thing? I enjoy doing the game. There is like an intensity and emotion as far as doing the yeah. game. You get a little rush. It's not the same as being a player, of course, but it is cool. Uh, some of the BS during the week gets to me. Like planning for planning it. Planning for it, you know, having to talk to CBS, graphics, all that stuff. It gets annoying, I'm the not going to lie. The reason I ask is you're, you're getting a bunch of games now under your belt. You're getting used to it. Right. Um, I feel like I, have, I, I always worry about my top end. In that, in that business because... Yeah, break down that business. Well, I just think in that business, I could be the you, best announcer in the world. But if you haven't won a Super Bowl or you're in the Hall of Fame, I don't know if you could ever be, you know, the one of the two top guys. So the top, so Collinsworth. Phil Sims. Phil Big Sims. Phil, and yeah. then Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. Right. Exactly right. So Collinsworth kind of debunks it, but he... 
He was, he was also a he was superstar. Really, exactly right. He People was a forget really good that he player. was a superstar. He was. Um, do you we have actually, a- we got two tweets on the podcast account about Sims calling a game. Uh, okay. Bajent tweeted in, Sims, I must say you do a fine job calling games. Imagine you. you and Adam Lefko calling a game someday. Uh, I would love hashtag that. Hashtag gold, hashtag D's nuts. Uh, that was from Bajent. <laughs> and then uh, we had EMT triple Z right. tweet in, big moves by Chris Sims, hashtag CBS blazer with a picture of you rocking oh, blazer. Jeez, I do not like the CBS blazer. Let me do tell you. You just don't like the they, blazer? I don't like it. They, is it yours to keep or they just yeah, give it to you? Yeah, it is mine okay. to keep. They send you a new one every closet? year. I have two of them, right. And I need to get them, like, it's really big on me. I need to get a custom fit. Can you wear it in here? Is that, like, allowed or are you going to get in trouble for that? Yeah, that's a good question. I probably could. I mean, it's free advertising I just like to CBS. see how big it is. Uh, but I, knew, I need to get a CBS little, blazer I need on a podcast. little tailored. I'm always, like, I'm always, like, can't you just do this with our tie and our sleeves rolled up? Like, we have to wear this freaking blazer. If, if you were going to do some power rankings of broadcasters, I don't want to know your top end because right. it's going to put you in a weird position. Yeah, that's but right. Where would um, Trent Dilfer go? Oh, uh, Trent Dilfer was is not my favorite guy to listen that was to hard. broadcast. It was. It's a little too loud. It's a little too over the top. It's a little too much. You know what? What do you say? Just I, I don't know. Clicheish? Is that what I want to say? It's just yeah. there was I too much of that. Clush, cliche. Cliche. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. What'd you say before? Malleable in one of our videos. That was a new word for me. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, it's just a little too much for me. And I actually at one time really loved Trent Dilfer. When Trent Dilfer does some radio hits, I think he's really intelligent. Yeah. But I think in the game moments, and I I don't want to talk bad about anybody. I respect the guy. I think he's good. Just, you know, I don't – giving out tips to high school. He's excited, too. He's excited. I understand he's excited. He doesn't get to do it a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a little much, that broadcast. Look at Colin Kaepernick if you're out there, <laughs> high school. Okay, hold on. So, Bajan said, hey, we could be in the booth. Do you want to practice really quick? Yeah, sure. All right. Three, All right. two, one. Here we are, Sunday afternoon, 425. It's the game of the week. It is Eagles. It is Cowboys. It is a beautiful bash in the <laughs> NFC East. Chris, what are you looking out for today? Oh, well, hey, you got to look at one thing first of all, right, right off the bat. No, you're fired. All right, thank you. All right, you good, try it again? Good. Nah, let's go. <laughs> Something else. I, sometimes your brain gets to the point where you like Wiley Coyote. I was. I was the about first to go thing, Wiley. the one thing. I, that was great. <laughs> You're right. I was going Wiley Coyote. It's, right right there. it's all a gimmick for me. Yeah. Um, I was very impressed by you, which leads us now to the teams that were most impressive in Week One. This is where we kind of get into our awards section of the podcast. This set looks good. I thought. Oh, yeah. I almost cursed. Oh, uh, that is a rule. We get one curse word. Does that count? Get one rule. That does not count because it didn't come all the it way out. It didn't come all yeah, the way that out. That was a half a curse. But if you want to bleep it, editors, you can bleep it. Um, I see a glisten. And that's also another podcast staple is me sweating. Why don't we take this camera really quick? Sweat update? Uh, How are we doing? You're doing all right. I know the cameras don't show them good. I, well, we need to get a handheld in here so we can get some close-ups. This, this week, if I begin to start sweating like I did with Larry Cable Guy and Nick Mangle, right. our beautiful stylist, Woody, will come in and powder me up. Yeah, Woody gives you a hoodie, the man on the moon. Yeah. I get um, oh uh, my own great t-shirt from home. You, bro. And she dug this out of like the car. She's like, yeah, nobody's worn this in like four years, so... Uh, that's what I get. I, obviously, I'm the sh- left over around here. Hey, there's the there Sims curse. There you go. Uh, most impressive for Is me. Is that a curse? Store high in transit. You know, that's what that stands for. Store high in transit. Did you know that, Gabe? Yeah, Shit. you did? You've heard me say it? Yeah. Okay. I've never heard that before. Um, Store high in transit. That's what uh, it stands for. Do you know why it's that? I don't. Because the manure in a train back in the old day, they used to put it up top. So really? it said... S H I T store high in transit. And I, because if so, I look this up on the internet, it's going to be there. Uh, and same with the uh, I don't I can't say the F U C K word, right? But that's fornication under consent of king. Thank you, Dave. 
I am full of useless information, let me just tell you. Yeah, it's just poor. Again, I'm going to try and transition. We're going to get back on point here. That was very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. And now to our most impressive teams of week one. Right. Uh, obviously, I think the ones that come to mind right away, Buffalo and St. Louis. Yeah. I just, especially Buffalo. Right. Are you buying Buffalo, like, hard right now? Because they didn't even have Marcel Darius. Well, I, I think, I think yes, I am buying them. They're, they're going to be around all year long. I just think they have too much talent on their roster. And then I do have too much respect for Rex as a defensive mind. Oh. I think the big thing with them is just to see if their offense can keep it going. Yeah, because uh, you had one uh, organization tell you that their offense was a little simple. Well, it, yeah, I think it's simple but very hard to defend, though. I really because do. Because it's, so, it's just well, pounded. Well, uh, Greg Roman, the one thing I'll say, the offensive coordinator there with the Buffalo Bills. He came from San Francisco. The one thing I've always loved about his offenses is he is creative in the run game. They do a lot of different stuff. Like, I'll watch the film and go, oh, well, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a run design like that. So, to people out there that think when you run the ball, you're just running it middle, left, or oh, right. Oh, no. They do what some... is it? Give me an example, like, with your hands. What is a creative run system? Yeah, well, just let's say uh, Greg Roman might at times put, you know, put LaShawn McCoy in the backfield, have two fullbacks in there, and then, okay, the backside guard pulls, the frontside fullback comes around and traps the backside end, and then the backside fullback pulls as well. Right. And you just, just little things like that, and you go, oh, wow, I've never really seen it done like that. Interesting. So that that will be hard, you know, because run game Rex defense. Rex is going to pound the rock. Rex is definitely going to pound yeah. the rock. And then, of course, they have weapons on the outside. What's the one thing that jumped out to me? Percy Harvin's their go-to guy. I thought, wow, watching the pass game, they designed everything for him to be the first read. And then uh, Tyrod Taylor was phenomenal. Tyrod Taylor's a good thrower of the football. And he can move and, of course, make plays with that his feet. That should be a drinking game. What? When you say thrower of the football. Well, yeah, I know. People the, are going to be drunk. What? <laughs> drunk. Um, yeah. Other teams that come right. to you right now that were most impressive. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you hit on the Rams. I think I was very... Uh, the Rams, the 49ers, right off the 49ers bat. 49ers, And sure. two big reasons. I think the Rams, I was questionable about Frank Signetti, the new offensive play caller, never called plays in his life. He showed some creativity, got Tavon Austin the ball a few times yes, in, in space. Yes, it's about time. And then, I mean, we know that defense is for real. I mean, I don't think anybody doubted it. I'll say I thought they were very creative on defense, too. I've been critical sometimes that they're too bland on defense. They mm. were creative until they got the big lead, and then they got simple, and of course, Seattle got back into the That's game. That's funny. I feel like Jeff Fisher and Andy Reid went to the same school, so, building yeah. a lead and 49ers getting 49ers were awesome, too, uh, but I think we, we thought the 49ers would be better than people realized. Yeah, I think so, and too. I, and if you made me a pick that game, I would have picked the 49ers to beat Minnesota. Uh, I would say I was very impressed with San Diego, right. just in the way they went down so early, and then Phillip Rivers just took them all back, He's and I man. think for Tennessee, for the second year in a row, week one to come out there, I know they were playing Tampa Bay. Right. Loved the system, loved all that. Marcus Mariota was amazing. Yes. How impressive were you and Marcus Mariota? Because I would say you had some concerns. Right. Put into perspective to people, the numbers look, 158.3. Yeah, right. Perfect, I don't really care touchdowns. about that crap. But you see potential in this I kid. I see potential. I think, first of all, he's, he's a big man at the quarterback position. Size is a skill, you know. Size is a skill at every position, but for some reason it gets overlooked at quarterback. We because don't get I, a defensive I, tackle that's, you know, 6'1", 275 pounds. And go, oh, he's just a hell of a player. No, they wouldn't even scout him in the NFL. They'd be like, he can't play. He's not yeah. big enough. Quarterbacks, having that size, being able to throw with people around you, that was what impressed me about Marcus Mariota, first yeah, of all. Because people always say, well, what about Breeze and Russell Wilson? Yeah, well, they're, they're okay, that's they're two special. out of 32. Right, yeah. Th thanks. But, you know, exactly right. <laughs> I mean, Mariota, I think that's what impressed me, first of all. He didn't have to have his feet in perfect position. He could just, you know, let it go. Uh, the, the ability to get the ball out of his hand quickly was mm. very impressive. And 
man, was he accurate. You know, those short passes, it's even more important to be accurate than the balls down the field. Sure. because Jameis showed that. You Exactly. You hit him on the run, and it can be 70 yards and instead with, of yeah, a 70-yard game. And with their receivers, the, their ability to turn it upfield, the yes. Justin Hunters and – Justin Hunter, DGB. Yes. Uh, DGB, also, you know, the tight end they got there, What's Delaney the Walker. What's guy's name from Baylor? Uh, we used Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright. Right. Yeah, Kendall Wright was phenomenal. He is, yes. he is one of those guys that doesn't get credit because he's in a small market, mm-hmm. and, and and it's I think he could be a stud. Good little we'll, player. We'll and, see and, what Tennessee and, and the other do. thing I'll say about Tennessee, I had question marks about their defense. When I watched Tampa's offense versus that defense, man, LeBeau and Ray Orton, Ray Orton were all over that pass game. There was not a lot of places for Jameis to throw the ball. My most disappointing teams, teams that I had a lot of hope for, obviously I'm going to put Oakland in that. I okay. just sure. So much expectation. Right. Indianapolis, for me, was extremely disappointing, obviously. Right. Tampa Bay. And then I would say the last one that was disappointing for me was Minnesota. Indy, let's just say Indy, first of all. Indy ain't going to the Super Bowl. Let's just get that out there. There's no way you're going to the Super Bowl with that offense and defensive line and that running game. It's just they're a fantasy football team. That's what they are. They strengthened their greatest strength. Why, I don't Wide know. Receiver. But you tell me a team that's been in the Super Bowl, just been in the Super Bowl the last five, six years, that didn't at least have an elite offensive line or elite defense line, if not both. So I think hmm. that is some you know food for thought. For now, you. when you say they're not going to be a Super Bowl team, this is a team that obviously high aspirations, top two, top five quarterback in the NFL. And Definitely, Andrew Luck. right. Do they not win the South? Because uh, no. it's not the toughest division. Uh, yeah, I'm still going to pick them to win the South, but I, I don't. I think it's going to be closer than people exit. realize. Yeah, I just don't see it this year. I think the AFC has gotten a lot better. I'm not so sure the AFC, maybe top to bottom, might finally be better than the NFC. That's so funny because right. before the year we were saying it's Packers, Seahawks, then maybe Patriots, and then like Broncos, Ravens, and right, stuff or the here. Cowboys too. I mean, the right, Cowboys sure. are legit. Right. So you're you're sold on the Colts. You're done. I'm done. And I, and I think you know I've questioned that all You've along. said this for about two yes, or three weeks. Right. So. Um, I would like you, you are the king recently of Patriots trolling, oh. according to people up there. Right. I'm not going to get into your rant. And I just found out it, what trolling was today. Yeah, exactly. So, right. uh, if you haven't seen his rant on Bleacher Report about why the, the reinstatement of the equipment managers make puts more guilt on Brady, check it out on Bleacher Report. But right. I watched Brady on Thursday. Dominate the Steelers. Right. Beautiful game plan, great throws. And I'm curious, do you want to apologize? Do you want to take it back? Because I watched that game and I was literally sitting there going, man, Sims is going to have to explain this hard. Well, listen, Tom Brady is one of the all-time greats. Now, like I said, I think he cheated. Yes, he cheated. Uh, Forget that. Talk about him as a player. As a player, yes, he was extremely impressive. I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I think the past few years, he has not been a top-five quarterback. That doesn't mean he can't take a team to win the Super Bowl. So what is he doing but, now that you think that, that you saw yeah, in game one that right. could get him back well, to that? The first thing that jumped out to me is his mechanics a little bit. Now, I, ever, I thought ever since the 2008, when he hurt his knee to start the season off, right. I thought his motion changed from what it was 2007 Can you show before. me? Yeah, well, I'll just for plain and simple, his motion became very vertical after his knee injury, which means it went this way, just straight up down. But if you watch Aaron Rodgers throw, it's more this way. It's around. That's how you drive the ball down the field. Gotcha. And I thought Tom Brady did that. If Tom Brady plays like he did and throws the ball like he did, because he still has plenty of arm strength. His, he he can stand the test of time as far as long as he is willing to take the hits and, yeah. and do that part of it. Uh, 
I'm not afraid to put him back in my top five. And, and, you know, for all those people out there that think I don't root for the Patriots, you're freaking crazy. I'm just going to tell you that. I got a lot of friends up there. I do root for them a lot. They're also the one team that you always come in and shake your head and go, man, they're just better than everybody they're else. Just, they're amazing. They really are from top to bottom. But, yeah, I've been critical of Brady I, I think and that. When I, when I and see... I think people are just shocked that I don't say he's a top five. Uh, yeah, okay, he's not in my top five right now. He hasn't had... Give him your top five. Well, uh, my top five would be Rodgers, Luck, you know, Tony Romo, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson. Uh, Still the, Russell Wilson, and then six was Philip Rivers. Yeah, Philip Rivers. I think this week in my power you rankings, had, had I moved Romo two, I made so, Luck four, right. I made Philip Rivers five, and yep. Wilson six. Correct. Uh, so that's your top six. Well, you know, one thing I'll say to the fans out there that are watching this, you know, watch the game. And you watch Tom Brady. This is another thing. Okay. You know, you got to take the whole thing in, into perspective. He, the first read is almost always open, and that to me is great game planning. You look at the Super Bowl. He takes a snap. Whoever he looks to, he throws to wide open. Vice versa. Let's look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Hold, hold, uh, hold, hold. It's, it's, it's oh, I got to dance around the pocket. Nobody's open. Oh my gosh. Big, oh, let me throw a laser. Big Bam. Ben that's what is, he does. A, is another example. Same Big way. Ben is Russell under pressure. Russell Wilson, same way. Um, and, and you know who else is a lot? Philip Rivers to me is I. He might be the most island quarterback, and I mean that is he's out there and he's just manufacturing he is, throws. And he's fearless with like the pocket. Stafford tries to do that, right. but he's he hasn't figured it out yet. I don't think compared to some of those other. No, guys. I don't think he is. But you're right. I mean that game t- Thursday night. Tom Brady was just it was Caught surgical. Oh, there's Gronkowski. Won't and and for our guy Tony Ramoski. Oh, baby. I I have to say this. So I'm a huge Eagles fan. I picked the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. I got a lot of flack for it. It's just nonstop. <laughs> totally owns up to but it now. Tony Romo to me is is arguably the best quarterback. I'm I'm right up there with Rodgers because I really he doesn't have the arm as Rodgers. He right. doesn't have the mobility, but him the perfect example was the fumbled snap, got up throw, touchdown, game over, and it was two drives where both times if you were watching that game you went he is driving the length of the field There was and no Des gonna... Bryant. There was yes. no great running game. It was just Tony that's Romo it. once again. And I think that's what killed Tony Romo. He's Rumble. so impressive. He was a me. victim of his own greatness for a lot of years because he took teams that should have been five and five and you know eleven, yes. six and ten, and he made and him he eight, made eight, 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 nine, eight and, and then they didn't get in the playoffs. And oh, Tony Romo. Clutches quarterback in football since 2006. So there's been talks right now. Des Bryant, his injury, of course, fifth metatarsal. Yeah, I don't know how fifth metatarsal. Right. Fifth metatarsal in it's his on the foot. Side of your foot could be out six to eight weeks. It sounds like, and of course, everyone debating the length. This Cowboys team without Des, how will they be? I, you don't have to go game by game, wins losses, yeah. but are they in trouble for this span? Because their offense always was Romo, Demarco, Des. Right. No Demarco, no Des. Right. I would say it would be Des, Romo, you know, Demarco. That's how it would have gone. Sure. Des sets up that offense because. So how much trouble are they in? Uh, they're not going to be. Listen, we know it hurts. Uh, I don't look at it and go, oh, man, they're going to have a tough time winning games. They have two elite things on that offense. So they got an offensive lineman, and they got Tony Romo. Mm. Uh, And Cole Beasley, he's a nice little player. Yeah, but don't you think that Dez was opening it up for Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley? Definitely. There's no doubt about that. Uh, But Jason Witten still plays solid football. They will still get it done. You think so? That would be impressive. I don't think they're going to. Do they win or lose one or two games that they probably would have won with Des Bryant? Probably. Mm. You know, does this hurt them from me, like, saying, oh, they were a slam dunk number one or two seed? Yeah, it does hurt them. Maybe they might be that, you know, three seed and have to play a wild card game now. We'll see how it plays out. But it's not the end of the world. And, look, 
Garrett has also shown himself to be a very good game manager. Yes. And game management was a big issue for the Giants at the end of that game. Holy cow. I, I don't want to get too much right. into it because it's been the most debated thing here in the New York area, this time management right. thing with Eli Rashad Jennings. One thing I want to say is Rashad Jennings writing a, a thing for the New York Post as an apology. Right. To me, that was a guy who's played for Jacksonville and Oakland in his career and has never had a quote go, quote, viral. Right. And he just was not ready for a reporter to be like, Eli told me how to do it. That was weird. Um, but also, I've I've heard you vent about this. You say, like, as a fan, I go, Eli's been in the NFL now for 11, 12 years. Yes. He should know all that stuff. And you're saying that wasn't his responsibility at all. So he's coaching the team now? So let's throw in an extra $30 million to his contract because I didn't know he was coaching the team. Did you know that, Mother Hen? He's, I didn't know that, He's no. the coach, yeah. So you're telling me as a former <laughs> NFL quarterback that you wouldn't go up to the line of scrimmage and go, okay, I have this many timeouts, there's this much time left on the clock. And even though they didn't tell me that I should fall, I should know that. Like, no, that should be. You don't think be... Romo would do that right? Uh, uh, listen, I think there'd be. A, I think I Brady understand. would. He do made it right. a mistake. I'm not trying to stick up yeah. for him. Uh, Tom Brady would have been told the situation 50 times in his ear and in the timeout. I bet you Jason Garrett would have gone over it with Tony Romo as well. There was. With one of the timeouts, with one of the penalties, it's up to Tom Coughlin, it's up to Ben McAdoo to make sure Eli, Eli, what, he's supposed to worry about, hey, pick up the blitz, uh, check us into the right play, and make sure we know how many timeouts and the clock management too, Eli. Why don't you just do it all? So it's a little unfair sure. to me. That's not his job. Could we see in the future, this is a conspiracy theory right. I have, let's say there's two and a half minutes left on the clock. Right. Let's say you have two timeouts and you just let up a nine-yard run on first down, so it's second and one. You're like, man, they're going to get a first down. Why not get a personal foul penalty, get a free timeout on the field, and then it's first and ten, let's stop them again. I mean, that's what happened in that game. Right. Why not use the personal foul penalties just as a way of getting free timeouts? Because that's what happened in that game. Yeah, well, I, I got to look at the rules there. If but you get a personal foul penalty, I feel like you should also lose time. Yeah, well, I think it's a personal foul penalty on the offense. The clock will start once the, whistles blow, the whistle the defense, blows in. Defense, though, it stops. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know about. either. Um, yeah. Before one, we get Nelson in here, yeah. I right. want to get your weekly awards in. Let's do Nelson's the weekly awards right now. Uh, the one Mother thing, hen. Just keep things on schedule here. Uh, one thing that we want to do in this segment for our weekly awards, not player of the week or, or all you that know, stuff. You know, wait, the personal foul thing, though. That was before the two-minute warning, I believe. It was. So that's why the clock stopped, gotcha. just so you know. All right, well, then my conspiracy I had to think. I, you, know, you caught me off guard there. Uh, we want to honor the people that don't give love. So our ballers of the week are only offensive and defensive linemen yes, that sir. don't get a lot of love. You want to go first? Sure. Who do you got? All right, offensive line. Ty Sombrello, left tackle for the Denver Broncos. Colorado State kid. Nobody thought he had to play left tackle here as a Ryan rookie. Because Ryan Clady goes because down. Because Ryan Clady goes down. Exactly right. Hey, your first assignment is Elvis Dumerville and Terrell Suggs. Good luck. He did a great job. Nice. So that was very impressive. Got to give him some love. And then on the, the defensive side of the ball, Jason Hatcher for the Washington Redskins. If anybody watched that Dolphins-Redskins game, he was the best defensive tackle on the field during that game. He really and was. And you're talking over Indomitian Sue over and Mitchell. Yes, yeah. he was so impressive, disruptive. He's a really good player that goes un unnoticed a lot. Uh, one guy I want to do, I'll give one from the Eagles, Benny Logan. Yeah, big uh, Benny. Benny Logan was in the backfield three or four times for tackles for loss. Right. Everyone talks about Fletcher Cox. Benny Logan was a baller. And then the one guy that we both love, Jarrell Casey of the Tennessee Titans. Yes, sir. When you watch that film of Tennessee, Tampa Bay, right. I mean, Jameis Winston is going to have to get a roommate named Jarrell Casey because he was living with him. They're, in the they're amazing. Him, that Aaron Donald type. He's a USC kid that no one talks about because he plays on Tennessee. Yes. Whenever he's a free agent, yeah. look out for Jarrell Casey because he's going to get paid. Yeah. Uh, offensive coordinator. I think they paid him two years ago, too, so. 
He's well, paid now. Well, but it's all right. He's still really good. Your point's still valid. Nice job. Now we're <laughs> going to do offensive and defensive coordinators of the week. Yeah. Give some love to your boy because he called a hell of a game. Yeah, I don't care. He's my best friend. But Kyle Shanahan, how can you I – mean, he stole the thunder from Chip Kelly and the Eagles. He really did. The Moving Julio mind. Jones all over the field. Yes, all over the field. The, the run game. Of course, he put so much pressure – on defenses with the run game. Yes. So then it forces their hand to go, oh, we got to stop this run a little bit. And he's a master of play action. He's a master of getting his top target the ball. The amount of times that John Gruden went, oh, what a play call. Oh, I know. What a draw. I know. And that's what I don't understand about your Eagles. You know, you got a good front seven. Why take all these chances in the secondary? You know, I've said it a few times in videos. I wouldn't have put Deion Sanders on an island with Julio Jones all game. <laughs> Julio Jones is one of the greatest athletes on the planet. If you saw Julio Jones walking in this studio or fans out there, if you saw him, you'd go, oh, my gosh, because he's 6'3", yes. he's close to 230, his shoulders are like this, he's got muscles popping out everywhere, and, oh, yeah, he runs 4'3'7". So. Uh, who's your defensive coordinator of the week? Uh, my defensive coordinator, who did I pick? Um, you picked uh, that guy. Oh, uh, uh, Bet- James Betcher from the uh, yes. James Betcher from the uh, Arizona Cardinals. That his game plan phenomenal. I think I underestimated a little Arizona in my preseason picking. Well, they lose Todd Bowles. Yeah, I was un- wasn't sure about Carson Palmer, but as far as the defense goes, I thought it was a phenomenal game plan. And the one thing that jumped out to me about their defense, they get a lot of no names in their front seven, but they got size. And yes, they are predicated on size. I am a guy that favors size. You know, my, and you might have heard my dad say this. You know. Big people don't get smaller as the year goes on, but fast people can get slower. They can get right. worn out. So if I was an NFL coach, crazy, I would man. always err on the side Arizona of size. Arizona loses Dan Williams and all that. They're I know. still killing they it. They still got big uh, guys. My OC of the week is going to be Ken Wisenhunt. Right. Uh, as we do this, I'm going to call in our Julio Jones. Get in here, Stephen Nelson, <laughs> hey. you beautiful man. Hey, Julio, Hello. you shrunk. Uh, my OC of the week, I'm going Ken Wisenhunt. Oh. Right. Just for we were all wondering how is he going to adapt his offensive system to Marcus Mariota. Yeah. I want to give him a lot of older coaches. We always say they don't adapt. They're not malleable. He very much was. Ken Wisenhunt props to him. And then, um, man, can't read my own handwriting. Yeah, it's horrible. That's why I had our time. Wait, you pick your offensive coordinator? Oh, Eric Mangini. Oh, yeah, I thought Eric Mangini, what he did, everyone was going to talk about uh, Adrian Peterson, the weapons. Eric Mangini with the interior blitz, the standing up, using the front seven the way it should. And the thing that I like about your James Betcher and Mangini is they were both filling in for guys that were supposed to be these defensive masterminds. Yes, right. Todd Bowles and Vic Fangio. Right. Here comes these guys. A lot of pressure on those guys to do well. Definitely. We'll see what happens. And we saw that Niners defense in person. There is just it's one man after another. I mean, it's just one big killer. I'd put that 49ers defense. You want to just start a fight? I'll put them up against anybody. <laughs> uh, this is now, I think, one of everyone's favorite segment. I don't it know is about that. on the down low with Stephen Nelson. Hold on, before thanks we get... for showing up on time this week. Oh, it's funny. Someone already... wants to talk. Shit. This is this is how. Oh, he's over the curse This how I'm going to start my segment. Right. I come in to work today to right. sit down with with Woody, yeah. Sarah Wood, and get my makeup done, and. Uh, She's not ready because she has to – she's going to work on the shirt I was supposed to wear today. I'm like, Woody, what happened? This guy spilled coffee all over it. No, you she sp- spilled it. She spilled it. Oh. I heard her in the next oh. room. Did you hear her in the next room just go, I, 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 I think I did hear that. Yeah, no, she, she threw uh, Sims under the bus? Um, I had the wow. coffee without the lid on it Man, now I feel on like- the ironing thing. She knocked the ironing thing, and that spilled it. Yeah, you set her up to But I don't that. care about her. I mean, look, she put me in a my own gray T-shirt, and I can't – I look like 
can't quite get this right. Yeah, Sims, you look really unathletic there. Damn. All right, look at spell <laughs> in my uh... <laughs> All right, so um, let, let... You ready to go down low? I am ready. You're going to drop it down low? Hey, Fendrick. DJ Fendrick. Oh, it's coming. That sh- it's coming. Oh. I think we're going to start somewhere uh, near and dear to the heart of one Chris Sims. I like your voice better. You know, come on, give me your voice. What voice? The, the, yeah. You know, the this sexy voice? Stephen Wilson. Oh, there yeah. it is. Oh. The T <laughs> in the UT. Oh, baby. Stands for turmoil. Yes. The University of Texas, more changes. Steve Patterson out as athletic director after just 22 months. Right. Kristen. Right. Your former coach, we Mac Brown. We got money to fire these people down Mac there. Mac Brown rumored to be yeah. a potential replacement down the line. Yeah. As of right now, you have Mike, Mark Parent, former player at yeah. UT, who's going to be the interim the athletic sure. director. But my question for you two. Yes. If Chris were to be the new athletic director at the University of Texas, oh man, what would the first order of business be? Oh, yeah, what is on the docket? First day on the job, what are you doing right away? I am yeah. going to have a press conference, and I'm going to tell everybody to settle down on the Charlie Strong crap. That's what I'm going to tell them because Charlie Strong's a good football coach. The players he's playing with at Texas right now are Mac Brown's players, and I'm not trying to put down Mac Brown. But I'm going to let everybody know because that's really this is all it comes from. If this football team was playing well, Patterson Everyone. probably wouldn't have been fired. You got a race. Now, he fired some people in the media department that I just, I was shocked. They're lifers for Texas. They S-I-D. didn't care. Yes, John Bianco. Uh, yes, I mean, yes. my buddy. I can't believe they fired him. I mean, he would do anything for the University of Texas. Hopefully, this will get him rehired. Mm. Uh, but the, yeah, that's what the, fir- the rhetoric with Charlie Strong right now is driving me crazy because these are Mac Brown's players. Charlie Strong's been there for two years. So his guys are not really on the field. A few young freshmen and whatever else are sprinkled in. But, man, I mean, we've talked about it. Louisville? I mean, Louisville had how many people drafted last year? Ten? It was a ton. They had and three first-rounders. They had a guy that wasn't even drafted. I think DeAntres Mount intercepted Jameis Winston in the game. They guys starting all over the NFL. So yeah. that would be my first order of business because okay. the fan base sometimes, uh, you know, the inmates can run the asylum down there, and that needs to My, my first order of business is I think we got to change the colors. Are you? I'm crazy. just kidding. <laughs> that was probably your yeah, favorite yeah, thing about that. Yeah, has to go. All, yeah, get rid of, get rid of whites, this. baby. Yeah, they are right there. Are all whites, They're man? They're clean. Oh, baby. With a little bit of that yeah. burn orange. And I will take full credit for getting them in white cleats down there. Full freaking credit. Wait, I, explain wait, this. Yeah. Full freaking credit for the white cleats down there. So The Johnny Unitas of Texas? I love white cleats, first of all. I mean, you just look good. You watch the film, white cleats. Going, Makes you look faster. Looks a little, you look faster. Mm. There's no black in the Texas uniform. So... After my junior year, going into the senior year, I said to Mac, I was like, can we start wearing white cleats? Like, they used, they used to wear white ones in the 80s in a little bit. Yeah. And I got the team rallied behind me, and we got white cleats the next year for our senior year, and they've been wearing white cleats ever since. So I'm taking full credit. Yep, 10-4. Did Hook Mac on, push back on you? <laughs> no, Mac is really cool that way. I mean, Mac will listen to the players. He Listen, he wants the young kids to want to come there right. and enjoy it. We, had, we, at the time, had the biggest Nike contract in college football. Uh, so no, Mac. Mac's smart that way. He was like, "You guys want white? Your you guys attention white? to detail with clothing and jerseys and stuff. Yeah, it's you. You're like, oh man, look at his socks. And I'm like, look at the TV. Like, how are you even seeing his socks right you now? You want white? You want white cleats? Let's get white cleats. That's well, how Mac Brown talks. When I went to Austin a couple weeks ago to visit, right. and my girlfriend who lives down there, I went. We drove uh, onto campus. Were you backed up? I was not. It was uh, some construction going on, but we made our way around that. Right. Uh, I went to the team store, a couple of stores, looking for Chris Sims memorabilia. Yeah, that doesn't exist. Uh, well, so I finally get there, the one right <laughs> outside, uh, the, right outside the stadium. 
and the only thing that they had with number two was a Fozzie Whitaker mini logo right. guy. So right. I, I, I didn't even get number two until my senior year. Right. And, I, you know, I don't think – I don't know. Listen, I'm one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks at that school. They can say what they want about me. Uh, yeah, I'm at least in the top five. And you brought the white cleats there. And I brought the white so cleats. So you're a top five – and, Texas well, and listen, I'll, I'll even say this. Who else is in there with you? Well, I mean, I'm, of course, Vince is ahead of me. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might want to put Colt McCoy. His career was pretty good. He did go to two BCS games, so that's fine. Uh, and then uh, James Street brought those undefeated teams in the late 60s. But then I would say I'm, you know, there right for there. four or five. Uh, I, in fact, I'm four, actually, now that I think about that out loud. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but, but, you know, wow. I'm from the Northeast. Uh, I think a lot of people looked at me as a little bit of an outsider, uh, but the people within the program who really knew me loved me, and that's yep. why I loved it down there. Hey, you know what? Hey. I just made $100. Thanks. $100, $100 handshakes. handshakes. We got them. It's time for track number two, which is our favorite, and question number two. Don't have my IFB, so I can't hear the beat drop, Fendrick. Yeah. You want to give that to oh, me? Oh, it just dropped. It just dropped. <laughs> it just so dropped. So we'll, we'll vibe like we're hearing it. Now, uh, we go from one team near and dear to your heart to another, but at the pro level, a tough, heartbreaking loss. Deeper. Go deeper. With the New York Giants. Yes. <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys. Questionable decision making at the end. Tom Coughlin, Eli Manning in the crosshairs of many fans. Yeah. Part of oh, Big Blue. oh, man. I wish we had yesterday's New York Post. With it was awesome. Cap? Uh, well, now oh, it's yeah, about, they're on the JPP and his thumb. Yeah. So Rashad Jennings yes. told the media that right. Eli Manning instructed him not to score. They were down there near the goal line, three point lead. Right. Eli admitted that. Did Eli admit it first, and then the no Rashad said it first? Yes. Outed him. Okay. Eli admitted it, and then now it's the story is they're they're still cool. Right. My question for you two is: Name a time, describe a time when you willfully disobeyed a superior. Oh man, there's a lot in my life. All right, life. so uh, <laughs> and and it comes back to backfire. And it uh, backfire. All right, oh. so I want to. Can we see the control room shot really quick? You willfully. Yes. So Hold the reason on. Cam, why. do you know what story I'm about to tell? Cam knows exactly Cam what story I'm about to tell. Cam got the thumbs up. So here's my story, and right. this will set you up for right. yours. All right. Put, so you tell me get this camera right here. So I just started at Team Stream now, Bleacher Report, and we're doing videos, and we're about like a month or two in, and we've been doing interviews with athletes, and I'm getting ready to interview CJ2K, right. Chris Johnson. Cool. Mm. And I get an email to me, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do rapid-fire questions with Chris Johnson. Oh, and baby. I was like, man, I am so tired of rapid-fire questions. You know what? I'm going to talk to him about grills and cool stuff, and we're just going to, and I, I send him a message, right? I send Cam a message right before the video, hey, man, I'm going to go off script. Trust me. Chris Johnson comes on, and I go, yo, Chris, I was like, let me ask you something, man. What do you think about your success? Do you think this will continue? He goes, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, Chris, what do you think? I was like, by the way, Chris, I love your grill. Let me, do you sleep uh, with that? And he goes, no, they're, they're, those are my teeth. They're permanently in my mouth. And I'm just sitting there like, this is the worst interview ever. And then I'm like frantically like, where is that rapid fire sheet? <laughs> that was, I went off script, right. and I... I did. You I expect. I expected Chris to be you a little bit it. more talkative. Yeah, he didn't want to mess with you. Uh, he's a good <laughs> dude, though. You would. Li you would like him. Uh, man, I think the one that jumped to my mind mm. right away uh, actually is John Gruden's story. It's my rookie year, my preseason. We're playing the St. Louis Rams in a Monday Night Football preseason game. And you guys have heard John Madden, I mean John Gruden on Monday Night Football. It's Spider 3, why banana? Spider right? 2, why banana? Well, it was Spider 3 for me because I'm lefty. So, oh. yes. so it was Spider 3, why banana? I'm down know. on the goal. I'm about the five or six yard line. 
And it's a play that you just call and run because it's really good against anything. It doesn't matter what the defense does. You, you got something. If you get even, if you get outnumbered or something, you get somebody in the flat to get the ball to your hand. Right. You're, you're good either way. Yeah. Well, I, we call the play. I see this guy, Charles Lee, my ex-receiver. He had a short little career in the NFL. Uh, he's manned up on the backside. It's just one-on-one on one him. And I gave him, I gave him a Schutzbrenner. Yeah, Schutzbrenner, which meant uh, hang loose, actually. And hang that, loose meant a quick little fade yeah. in our offense. So I'm going to eat a bull 85, and I look at it. Blue and he five, and I instead of doing the little play action fake and running spider three bana- wide banana, I took the ball, I threw a little back sh- uh, fade into the back of the end zone, perfect throw, might I add, and touchdown. <laughs> Thanks for adding. <laughs> I, so I'm University like, oh man, what a great job by me. I'm running off the sideline, like yeah, Gruden's gonna be so happy with me. He mother f me so bad in front of everybody. I, you would have thought I just threw a 99 yard pick. I mean, he mother f me. What are you doing, changing Spider Three Wide Banana? <laughs> that's that's, that's my favorite play. Who the hell right. are you, you you know, you effing rookie? And that's I think the next day he told me I was like warm piss running down his leg in the meeting. That's what he said. You know what you are, Sims? You're like warm piss running down my leg. What does that even mean? I don't know. He always had great ways to that's say amazing. things. So that was another one. So was he a kind of guy that's going to put you on the screen and go, oh, Chris decided to hang loose yeah. and change no, the we play? Didn't, and the Gruden, Gruden, we didn't Thank watch. God you threw a touchdown. I know. We didn't watch it as an offense. We would watch it in the quarterback room only. So he would come in there and watch it. But, yeah, he certainly was going to make light on it. Uh, I, he might have used the play. Have I ever told you the Playboy Mansion? No. I don't even know if I could say this one on here. I'm just going to leave I, that one alone. I think you're going to have this to say This is a safe uh, space. If it doesn't turn out well, Josh will edit We do it have out. editing skills. Yes. Okay, Mama Hen, here we go. Here we go. Get ready. I'm nervous for this so, one. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to use my curse. I am f***ing excited for this. <laughs> go for it. I don't think I can tell this one. I don't think I can. If you don't think you can, then I would say just and I, skip I mean, it. this is me. Yeah. If you're saying you don't think you can yeah, tell, I have no filter. Right, I have no yeah. filter, and Lovely. I don't think I can go with this one. That's fair. But basically, you know that's not basically, fair. That's basically, <laughs> told me, he, he basically told me that, uh, you know what you are, Sims? Uh, you know, I'm in the Playboy Mansion with two hot girls, and you come in the room, and it just makes me go, oh. Uh, so there you go. I don't know if you can use that, but there you go. I will figure it out. Yeah. There was more rhetoric to it, but sure. I'm not going to say you. it. Steven, you got, you got one more question? I was a real downer, I got, is what he was saying. I've been, I followed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes, got one more. Uh, I like the podcast now. It's been great. <laughs> it's been great this week. we got to retape this afterwards. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good luck. <laughs> Rex Ryan and the Buffalo Bills. Deeper. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited He's to be here. He's the handheld. I know. Rex Ryan and the Buffalo Bills pulled off a stunning upset of the Indianapolis Colts in week one. Now, Buffalo is on to New England. Rex Ryan has made it known his disdain for the New England Love Patriots it. by saying he can't wait yeah. to play the hated Patriots. Right. My question for you two is, yep. name something that, no matter how much time has passed, and no matter how much your surroundings have changed, mm, right. something that you just can't let go of. Oh. For me, um, I would say I still have a problem with Brian Dawkins playing somewhere else for a few more oh, years. He was on the Broncos with me, though. It was a good experience for me, I'm, nonetheless. I'm happy for you. He had his <laughs> own locker with Wolverine figures. Yeah, in Weapon X. Yeah, he had, he had a locker for football and then another locker just for his Wolverine figures. But go ahead. Yes. Sorry. So that killed me to see him somewhere else. I couldn't let go. And I don't know why, and I'm sure he's a great guy, I still cannot get over my dislike of Donald McNabb. 
I don't know what it is. He's maybe the best quarterback in the history of the Eagles franchise. Right, right. I just think it was the realization of like all this potential that never manufactured. It kills me. In right. terms of like my personal life, I can never get over if I go on a date with a girl, if I'm hanging out, if, if, if it's a person, if it's an uncle, if they treat a waiter or a waitress bad or like a ticket attendant, so, a janitor, people that treat people like that bad, I right. will never get over it and I will judge you for the rest of That's time. That's what I hear with like the Tiger Woods. He doesn't tip anybody. It drives me crazy. Yeah, but. it's like it, to me it's like a huge like bad thing as a, as a person how like if you've never worked at a bar or a restaurant or had any other job in your life and you treat people like Sorry. Have I ever told Goodbye. you Brian Dawkins? I, maybe if I have Mother Hen, he can stop me. But Brian Dawkins was the most amazing game day metamorphosis of a person I've ever was around in the, oh, my I've, eight-year I've, NFL. That's, he turned into Weapon X. So do you have a story, though, about well, seeing it? Well, yeah. I mean, just, you know, th- first of all, he's the most soft-spoken, nice guy. Hey, Chris, how you doing? You, know, you hey, should do that. You're practicing well, and, you know, hey, bless you. And, you know, he was kind of a religious guy. He'd yeah. say things like that. You know, he was like that all week. You couldn't get ten words out of him during the week. All of a sudden, you walk in the locker room Sunday at it's a one o'clock game. You walk in the locker room at ten thirty. It's like, let's go! He is like, and you're like, is this real? But it was real. It do was, you think it was like right when he woke up? I do. I think it was like game day, and he could let go of his alter ego and just be psycho killer safety. Isn't that crazy? And of course, he'd roll on the ground like Wolverine coming out of the tunnel. Well, did that pump you up but as a player to see him come out of the tunnel, like doing the pounding stuff and jumping? It did because you knew the kind of player he was, and he did all the right things off the field mm. to be a leader. Yeah. So when you have all those things going, you're like, oh, this guy's awesome. Like, yeah. yeah, okay, Wolverine, let's go. Was there anything to answer My his question? My personal life, I mean, I'll never let go. Cam Louder, he'll in the back control room, you know, his... You stu- can attest to this? His stupid Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, never be able to let go. My Big 12 championship loss my junior year. It's still uh, You still think about it sometimes? Oh, I never go a week that I don't think about it. You're um, serious? Yeah, definitely. Is there something um, that triggers it? Uh, no, I think, you know, sometimes just as an ex-player, you think about... Uh, you know, you, I still wish I was playing, and I, you know, so and I, my career didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And you just think about little moments, whether good or bad. Mm. But that is one that always pops in my head uh, because we were in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, if we would have won the game, we would have gone up to the Rose Bowl and played Miami mm. in the national championship game. That was the year Nebraska went. Yeah, and got shellacked. And Nebraska wasn't even in the Big 12 championship. Game. They were third place in yes, the Big 12, but that. they got to go play. Uh, but yeah, I threw three picks in the first half. And we were better than Colorado. We had beat them 42-7 in the regular season. If I played well, I was going to win the Heisman. Uh, And I was already at that point being told by NFL teams that I was going to be a top-10 pick. So I had been mulling whether I might come out. Wow. We lost that game. And you think that kind of changed? Well, it definitely changed. I mean, I got kind of labeled as I can't win the big game in college Mm. right from that point on. And, you know, I I was the number one player in the country. People at Texas had a lot of, uh, you know, high hopes for me. Yeah. And that one, man, that kills me to this day. (sighs) Yeah. God. Yeah, that hurts. You want to suit it up? Nope. Throw some passes to me. It's done. You know what's good though is now you're here. Yeah. And I get to work with you all. The I time. like you guys. Hey. Do you see a side of Sims, Fendrick Lamar, that you haven't seen before? 
just now? Yeah. Yeah, that got really deep. That was that was probably Oh uh, yeah, I can almost I can almost cry when I talk about that. And like, really? yeah, it gets me that upset. Yeah, it does. Well, Sorry. well you know, know that, what? You know I didn't what else know that on the download question was gonna strike such a nerve. Nah, it doesn't strike a nerve. Like oh, okay. it, it, it just it is a, it's a sensitive topic because yeah. man, I just I work so hard yeah, to be, be in those moments. It angered you. Right. Um, hey Fendrick, would you mind updating us really quick on the picks from last week from week one? <laughs> uh, yeah, so week one we're five games into the pick segment and uh, Lefko, you went four and one, Sims went three and two. Sims, you picked the Ravens and the Eagles to win. You right. got both those wrong. Right. Lefko picked Denver. He also picked the Eagles. Right. Uh, so they, the Eagles losing that was almost like a victory. So I feel like right. I kind of went right. four and one because I love to watch him score. And the, really, so he was four and one. I was three and two. So that's it's seven a, and three. It's a long season. So I went seven and three because anything he did was is really opinion. my opinion. Anyways, right. Right. that's good. This is that's not a good true. way to rationalize. I went seven. All and three. I know is I won last year, and now I'm one and zero oh in terms of weeks Ooh. this year. So we got <laughs> we got five minutes left on the pod. We got five games to pick. And his Eagles go. killed my guarantee to lose too. I, I would have been five and zero. All over the place. Yes, yes. They are a part of this week as well, but we're going to save them for last. Yeah, yeah cool. The first game, Jets at Colts. Sims. Whew. Man, this is, this is one of the tough picks of the week. Uh, if I was going to bet money on the, on the line, because right. I think I saw the Colts are seven-point favorites, uh, I believe, I would bet on the Jets to cover that line. I will say that right away. Um, I'm going to pick the Colts, though. It's their home opener, tough first game loss, so I'm going with the Colts. Let's go. I'm taking a chance. Oh, no. And I think that the Jets are just like the Bills in terms of extremely big front line. Yes. Super athletic. I think they have a better secondary, and I'm actually very happy that Antonio Cromartie's not playing because I think it makes (laughs) them more sound. And I think their offensive line is just as good as the Bills. I think Chris Chris Ivey's going to run better than the Bills. Their offensive line, yeah. Well, then I feel really good. There's a lot. Yeah, listen, there's – you're right. You're right about all those points. Win, win, win. Game number two. I just I just chose Ryan Fitzpatrick over Andrew Luck. Well, game number two. Damn. The 49ers. Right. Coming off a win on Monday Night Football. At the Steelers, left go, you pick first. I'm going to go Steelers yeah. just because I think the 49ers faced a team that had a rough offensive line, <coughs> and I don't think Pittsburgh's as bad. But And I think D'Angelo Williams is running good, and I have a new man crush on uh, D'Angelo you do. Williams. Yeah, they're, t- they're going to be tough to defend. Le'Veon Bell back next, next week, week, right? All right? But either way, I'm going the Steelers as well. Uh, what the biggest? I'll tell you the biggest reason I'm picking the Steelers. Steelers got a long week. All right, they played last Thursday. Right. The 49ers got a short week. They played Monday night have to and got to travel the across the country. Yep. So that's really the big thing. And then, yeah, the points he hit on. You know, I just I think uh, Pittsburgh will just their offense will be a little too much for San Francisco's offense to keep pace. We reference game number three a little bit on on the download. Right. New England at Buffalo. Sims. Yep, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Uh, it's, this is another. This is one of the tough picks of the week as well. Uh, but I am going to go with the Patriots because, uh, first of all, Bill Belichick is one reason why. I think he'll find the – I don't think he's going to let Tyrod Taylor beat him as far as the run game. I think that's one of the big things I look at. Because Tyrod, he, one of the big things he did last week against the Colts, scrambling for first downs, big runs, uh, kept drives going. I don't think Bill Belichick will let him do that. And uh, also, I think as much as great as Rex Ryan is on defense and everything else, that old line in New England's pretty good. They'll hold their own against that awesome front four of Buffalo. That's why I'm picking the pass. And that's one. I don't think Bill Belichick loses to a Tyrod Taylor team, but I and I, I like Tyrod Taylor too. But I also think that the quick passing offense of the Patriots will negate the pass rush of the Bills. Good, exactly but I right. will say this: I love that Stephon Gilmore is coming out and saying I want Gronk. Oh, I know because I think Gilmore's a beast. Yes. and I, that's going to be a good matchup. Yes. So we're going both right. going pass. Rematch, 
NFC title game, Seahawks at Packers. This is so hard for me because I think that Marshawn will have success running against the Packers. You only know we're going to pick this all day. You can't pick a damn team? Um, I am, I am going to go with the better quarterback. I am going with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I think he, he, the Seahawks are going to try and run the ball and keep him off the field, but I think in the limited time he's going to be on the field, he's going to beat the Seahawks. Wow, I can't Packers believe are it. your Super Bowl pick. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers. I really am. I don't know if the, I don't know if the Seahawks can keep playing this style of football they're playing. You know, yeah, they dominate the clock. You do, too many times do I watch Seattle's games, they dominate the game, mm-hmm. and you look up and they're losing. And you go, how is that possible? You know, they dominate the time of possession. They scored one offensive touchdown last week. One. They scored one offensive touchdown, three field goals, punt return, yeah. sack fumble. So I'm picking the Packers uh, as well because of Aaron Rodgers. And I think there's nothing to scare you about Seattle's pass game. So the Packers are going to have the same game plan yes. they had last year in the NFC Championship game. They're going to crowd the blocks. They did a very good job of containing Russell Wilson last year uh, in that NFC Championship game. That's why I'm picking the Packers. And they're going to be so hyped. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited everything. to see can Michael Bennett have success against maybe the best offensive line of football. It's one of he might be the best defensive People don't lineman. realize how good that Packers offensive line is. Last game, guys. Yeah. We'd go from our Super Bowl pick, the Packers, to right. Lefko's Super Bowl pick. Damn it. The Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. How about at, them Cowboys? At Lefko's Philadelphia. It's just a weird game. Yep. Cowboys at Eagles. Cowboys at Eagles. You get the pick Oh, you first. want me to pick? Um, I'm going to pick the Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking the Eagles. Really, uh, Des Bryant was the nail in the coffin, him not playing. Mm. Because if Des Bryant was playing and they were going to try to put Byron Maxwell oh on gosh. an island with him all game long, I, like I said, Des Bryant's along the Julio Jones bold. You just can't s- expect anybody to go out there and say, oh, yeah, run around with the freakiest athlete on the planet for four quarters. What? Are you kidding me? So, uh uh, but I am picking the Eagles. Home opener from them. Yes. A night game. And boy, do they look yeah. good in the second half. Exactly right. And I, I think, I think the Eagles, it's funny. I came in here afterwards. I was almost more – I was not more confident about the Eagles. I thought they were going to blow out the Falcons by 20. Yeah. But seeing the second half, seeing Sam Bradford just being a, a, an assassin yeah. out there, I'm going to Eagles. Yeah. So, once again, we differ on one game. Right. I, am I re- thought for sure you'd pick the Seahawks. Was, I really did. It was Jets-Colts. Really? Is really yeah. different. Yeah, so I am going Jets. You are going Colts. Yeah. Uh, second second video podcast. In the the number 30. Who's a good number 30? Number th- Anybody got a good number 30? Uh, Terrell Davis. Ooh, good one. Thank you I was going to go with Dave Maggot because he played with my dad, but 30 was a good one. Yeah. I mean, that was Thank Terrell you very Davis. much. Yes. Sims and Lefko podcast. Uh, can we get Fendrick up on the screen really quick? Uh, good night, everybody. Mother Hen, you didn't inject yourself enough today, just you so you know. You more next yeah, week? Yeah, and we need a picture of a hen next to you. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, everybody great. in the control room, can we get a big wave, please, as the team of Sims and Lefko signs off? Big oh, wave. Oh, bye-bye. Oh, I beautiful. see you sign Matt's in the back. Pop a pop. <laughs> uh, for uh, Steven Nelson. Shoots. Peace out, homies. I am Adam Lefko. Subscribe on iTunes. Hit us up on Twitter, at Sims and Lefko. And as always, enjoy the game and be safe.